Podcast with me, Phil, and me, Paul. And on this week's show, we are going back to our series two retrospective, and it's the uh, the second part of the Cyberman story from series two. And this time, it's Age of Steel. But first, let's have some news, and it's not quite the bumper sort of news items we had last week, is it? No, no, it's actually quite um, quite poor in comparison, actually. But um, but we'll kick off with with the big thing that uh, we missed on last week's one because it. It was announced the day after we recorded, as usual, yes. isn't it? Every time we record on a Thursday, there's a, some so big... We're waiting for the news for tomorrow. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Everybody, watch your feeds. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late by telling you this now, because you'll listen to it. Exactly. Well, of course, as everyone should know by now, is that Ingrid Oliver um, is announced as coming back to Doctor Who as Osgood for Series 9. Um, was this the surprise, Paul? Um, not really. I mean, there was always, I mean, and the fact that it's a Zygons one sort of leaves it open as to how she can come back, doesn't it? Yeah, it there, does. there, there, there was there was plenty of discussion as to whether it was the real one or the Zygon one that was killed, and all yeah, that was that's it. Yeah, I, I, do you know what? I really don't know what to make of this, to be honest, because I I feel a little bit. In, I know. I mean, I mean, lots of people are really glad that she's back, and and it's, yeah. it's, she's a really popular character. Uh, but I must be honest, I feel a little bit cheated again yes. by Moffat, yeah. to be honest. I mean, especially seeing he did make such a big thing about it. I mean, that what that uh, evening we went to. Yes. When he said, no, to, he had to kill somebody off and she had to be killed for good mm. and whatever. Just, so, to, just to prove the point about Missy. Yes. That she was completely insane. Yes. Uh, yeah, so that, that's why I feel cheated. And again, it's done that thing, oh, yeah, definitely dead. Yeah. Now, now I don't believe a word he says at all anymore, to be no. honest. Um, it's, it's, like the, it's like, you know, the boy who cried wolf. The point is, though, if he keeps doing it, then it will le- lose its impact because the next time something happens, you'll just think, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Rather, rather than the, the impact it, that got, her, Osgood's death got in that mm. episode. And afterwards, nobody would just, everyone would just be saying, all right, so how's he going to write that back in? Well, is, is this how modern television is now? Because if you think back to, say, when Adric was killed. Yeah. He only saw him as like a ghost or when the Doctor was regenerating, sort of, you know, towards the end of um, Davison's time. Yeah. But now, it's whenever a character's killed, they're never properly killed off. They're never, like with Rose, she was put into an alter, you know, alternate universe as far as this Earth was concerned, in our universe, she was dead. Um, and there was no way back for her. She was there, trapped permanently. And then, lo and behold, she's brought back. Yeah. We've had, uh, in Series 6, when Moffat said, the Doctor, when you seen um, the Doctor killed in, was it, uh, Impossible Astronaut? Yeah. He said I- then, the Doctor is definitely dead. Yeah. He's definitely killed. He wasn't. No. Um, and now we've got this with Osgood. Now, okay, it's two to, two to Moffat, one to RTD, but it just seems to be that they cannot seem to kill a character off, and it's like you know, I only keep saying that you know when something a show involves time travel, anything can happen. Fine, but should it? 
Um, I mean, actually, to be honest, I don't mind if it's time travel and they go back to a point before she's killed mm. and meet a, a younger version of her. Yeah. I've got actually no problem with that. And if it's, if it's done via time travel, then that, that's fine. But you get the feeling it isn't. This is going to be somewhere yeah. chronologically running on from. Yeah, I, I've just got a, Well, if everyone's seen the photograph, I mean, I think everyone's sort of guessing or, or seeing who's, which doctor she's cosplaying as this time. And But the, the, I think the big giveaway is, is on her sort of dressing table, or you want to call it makeup chair or whatever, there's a Zygon appliance there, isn't there? Yes. So it's either she's just sitting at someone else's um, makeup table or that was something she was wearing. Yeah. So she could be a Zygon, but as you say, it could be before she was killed. Yeah. Or Who it knows? could turn out that it was the Zygon one that was killed. Oh, no. Well, let me see. It's, yeah, it's... Hmm. But again... I mean, it, but like I say, like I say if, it, if, it go, if it went back in time to a point before she... Uh, death in Heaven, yeah. then... And I've got no problem with that. If you're going to use, if you're going to bring back characters and you're going to do it by time travel, then fine. That, that, yeah. That's the whole point of the show. So, yeah. but um, yeah, but to say Osgood is, I mean, let's, let's say for argument's sake, it was the Zygon uh, Osgood that was killed by Missy, yeah. and this is the real Osgood. Um, but saying that Osgood was definitely dead and not returning, well, you've just you just. Jerking the fans off, basically, or your yeah. viewers—not the fans. I'm not gonna say fans, viewers. Yes, you're just messing people about, and and this is now like the second time he's done this. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I don't want to come off as some sort of Moffat hater because I'm not, but he does tend to fall back on familiar tropes, doesn't he? Yeah, and if this—I mean, if we, well, we're not gonna know for sure until the episode is aired, is it? So, because I mean, it's also now confirmed that the Zygons are back as well in this particular. Well, I mean, story. this this is the point. If it had been coming, she'd be. They announced her coming back under any other circumstances. Mm. I think you might have said, "Hang on a minute, how have they? How have they done this? This is mm. yeah uh, they... wrong." But you can sort of see that it's it, it's quite an easy uh, way to bring her back. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I'm, I'm, I'm I mean, a... perhaps perhaps we should, perhaps perhaps the only the most honest thing, Stephen Moffat's ever written or said was in the Doctor Dances in the line Everybody Lives. <laughs> yeah, that is you're right. <laughs> his that is, his that, first story sort of laid out how he planned to run everything in the future. Obviously. Crikey. That's a, never a true word said really, was it? But oh, I dunno. I dunno. I mean I'm I've got to be I am I'm at a little bit of a loss really as to the impact that the Osgood character has made on fans. Yeah. I really am Quite not. I don't quite get it. No, unless unless like Osgood is to, meant to represent the fans who get dressed up as you know their favourite Doctor and. Well, and that was one that, of the questions that was put to him that night, wasn't it? Was mm. Someone actually stood up and said, "said Osgood seems to have been the the representation of the fans." Is that why you killed? <laughs> <laughs> or has he? Yes. Or has he? So yeah, but I, you know it's. You know, okay, you know, it, it's good that she she's back, and it might prove to be a very very interesting spin on on, on what's yeah. gone in the past. But um, but to keep saying that oh, a character is definitely dead and they're not, yeah, uh, just stop it, really, just stop saying it. You know, if if you've got a a plan 
of what to do. Stop spinning people, you know, people a yarn all the time. I, mean, I, I, really, I really come it across a grumpy be. old fan here, aren't I? So. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it's going to be a surprise to our listeners. Um, yes, yes. <laughs> um, but <laughs> to be honest, it could well be that Moffat was taken a bit back by how popular... Well, it could be. And how, and how everybody reacted it, and actually thought, actually, do you want to kill this character? Well, really, I mean, if it's done, leave it. If that, if yeah. that, if that's what you're, if you've got a vision of where to, what I mean, to do with the character, yeah, and they always say they don't listen to what fans want, yeah, because they've got their own mugs. So they said they listen to what fans want. You'd have, well, you'd have Oscar coming back. <laughs> yeah, you would. You would. Yeah, you'd have Oscar coming back. Rose have been it all the time. Uh, the tenth Doctor never regenerated. You know, if you're a showrunner, you can't do that. You, no. you, okay, you've got to. You've got to keep it fresh. You've got to keep it going. You can't keep falling back on the same thing all the time. That's why Doctor's lasts as long as it has. Yeah, the only the only thing we should say on this is we are getting we're getting way ahead of ourselves. One, one, one of us is getting rather, I know. <laughs> rather rather angry on something that he's not seen. I know. No, no, it's, no. It's it's not that. It's not <laughs> and, that. And we don't we don't know how it's going to be. No, it's, it's, it's not. It's be. not that I'm getting angry about the. I'm not getting angry. I'm just getting sort of a bit a bit perplexed. Really, it's it's the whole thing of not the fact that you know something I haven't seen yet. It's the fact that Moffat keeps trotting out this. Oh, they're definitely dead, and they're not. He brings them back somehow. Yeah, you know, that that's as, the as, bit that, that I'm saying. As, as we don't know what has happened here, I don't think really. Perhaps perhaps we've just got to wait and see. And let's let's get angry or not, as the case may be. Yeah. Do, do you know what though? I'm really glad that this wasn't announced before before we recorded last week because last week's episode we'd just been used. <laughs> you've, had, been you've, it. You've, you've had you've had a week to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Right, well, well, you've mellowed quite a lot, Phil. I have actually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I mean, I've cut out all the expletives. <laughs> Oh, now moving on. Now talking of things being killed off, um, the BBC Global iPlayer um, is set to close uh, down for good on the twenty sixth of June. Now this um, was was or will be available up until the twenty sixth of June in in Western Europe, Australia, and Canada. But um, I think as because BBC America has sort of picked up the mantle as far as a lot of BBC content. Um, they've just decided to end it, really. Um, this is just a question. It obviously wasn't p- paying its way as well as they could get by selling stuff individually to... Yeah, we pay TV channels and host, which, which carry BBC America. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, host countries' channels, so, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Now, I, I don't know... I mean, again, I don't know what sort of happens with BBC America because you know, Doctor Who's one of their biggest draws, and also so was Top Gear, which is now def- perhaps, its current incarnation is perhaps, now defunct. Perhaps it just so. doesn't. Perhaps it doesn't. Perhaps it's not payable without Top Gear. Perhaps Top Gear has caused the end of this. Well, it, it kind of makes you wonder because that is sold to more countries than Doctor Who is. I understand. And perhaps, it, it, perhaps it just ran at a loss without Top Gear. So maybe it. it did. Maybe it did, because my thing I have noticed that even the Dave channel um, in the UK, which practically run Top Gear 24-7, that's been pulled from its schedules. I haven't seen an episode of Top Gear on at all. Maybe I'm looking at the wrong time of the day, but weekends, it, I, it was on all, all afternoon, and it's not anymore. I, I honestly haven't noticed. Well, I, I think it, yeah, it's, been, it's been on, yeah, sometimes when I've been watching, so I think mm. it's still there. 
Yeah, not as much because obviously Dave is practically owned by the BBC, isn't it? BBC Three are still showing it. Are they really? I haven't looked. Yeah. It's that episode's going out on BBC Three. That's really strange, isn't it? Early, well, sort of as it starts. As it so, starts, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, otherwise, I don't think anyone else would watch BBC Three, would they? There's nothing else worth watching on there anymore. No. Crikey! But even hasn't BBC the cancellation of BBC Three been put back now as well, hasn't it? Um, cause it was supposed to go completely sh- online, wasn't it? Yeah, and apparently now it's not. They've delayed it slightly. Uh. So. Uh, Maybe someone's thinking they made a rash decision. I don't know. I, as a as a more of a fan of BBC Four, Four I was, yes, same I was here, quite actually. pleased if BBC Three was the one that was thrown to the wolves. So yes, to speak. same if here. It, if it saved BBC Four, but no, yes, yeah. but oh well, we'll. Um, I'm not. I'm not BBC Three's target audience. No, I'm definitely not. Not well. Not now. Sort of like things like Doctor Who Confidential and the Mighty Boosh and things I used to watch are no longer on there. Um, yeah, I've got. There's nothing on there I, I I want to watch. It's it's youth TV, Paul. It doesn't appeal to us anymore. <laughs> no. Well, if it ever would I would have done, I would have said. But <laughs> I don't think at any particular age you want to want to watch Snog Marry and Avoid. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Now, um, rather than sort of shutting things down and commiserating, um, the Welsh Baftas are celebrating ten years of Doctor Who in New York for some bizarre reason. Um, now, this is actually happening as we record on, on Thursday the 14th. So by the time this episode goes out, it would have been like three days ago. Um, yeah. Yes, it was just... <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it was... Um, doesn't the, the thing I've got here doesn't really go into much detail, really. Um, they're just apparently co-hosting this event with uh, BBC America and BAFTA New York as well. I didn't know there was a BAFTA New York, actually. Um, but apparently it's, to, as I say, celebrate 10 years since the Doctor Who franchise was revived. And the event will offer 220 industry guests, a big screen show in the recent episode, Listen, uh, followed by a Q&A with showrunner Stephen Moffat. Yes, you missed out the biggest part there that I've just Oh, yeah. I'll just say it, and the whole of it will be preceded by a, a Pendry Whiskey and Welsh Cheese and Wide reception. <laughs> Which if we was invited, we'd go home to afterwards, wouldn't we? We would do, actually. <laughs> Because that was that was our favourite bit of the uh, of, of the Royal Television Society event we went to to listen to Stephen Moffat. It was the fact that it was free booze. What was the BAFTA, BAFTA thing like? I don't, I don't know. He went home after the whiskey. <laughs> Filled me pockets with Welsh cheese. Yes. <laughs> a couple of bottles of wine at each sleeve of my coat, and off. We were off. Oh dear! On the basis that we don't want to really want to hear, listen to any, we don't believe anything Moffat says anymore. So like no, exactly. Well, well, I don't anyway. <laughs> it's all, <we> can, <laughs> everyone applauding at the back, me at the show, at the back, saying, liar! <laughs> As I'm absolutely off my head on pentering whiskey and Welsh cheese. <laughs> oh God! Now, um, the last item of news is uh, this one. Paul could not give a monkey's about. To be honest, <laughs> this, oh, yeah. this is more for my benefit, isn't it? <laughs> There's two of us in this podcast, and one of us is slightly more excited about this. Oh, thing. yes, yes. I, 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 actually, when I, when I read this, I did a little wee in excitement, actually. <laughs> um, yes, now, we reported... It was the only thing that talk, talked you down from that, whole, that high building after the Osgood news. It was, it? was it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Doctor Who Lego. Now, also, we, we said that the um, there is going to be a sort of Doctor Who um, set um, coming out sort of sometime this year. 
Well, now it's gone one step further, and this is the bit I was really, really hoping was going to happen. Uh, Doctor Who will feature in an upcoming Lego game for the Xbox One, PlayStation 4, um, PS3, etc., etc. Um, it's called Lego Dimensions. And apparently what he's doing is bringing together, as it says here, different universes, including Lego Movie, Portal 2, Scooby-Doo, Jurassic World, The Simpsons, Back to the Future, Lord of the Rings, Lego Ninjago, I've got no idea what that is, Wizard of Oz, and many more. So now there will also be a official Doctor Who Lego set coming out, which appears to feature um, the 12th Doctor, the TARDIS, and K-9. Looking at the uh, the pictures here. Now none of the, none of this is available to pre-order at the moment, so we've got no idea on on costs or anything like that. But also said it will be released um, sort of sometime later this year. Um, now I am actually quite excited about this. <laughs> yes, I'm really excited about this actually. Um, you have absolutely no opinion, do you? I have yeah, no interest. No. So as this is a bit of a, a bit of a, a cul-de-sac news-wise, I'll just say I'm very glad. You can say, Paul. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And um, that's the news then. <laughs> well, whatever makes you happy makes us happy. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, dear. That's what they kept saying to Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> whatever keeps you happy, Adolf keeps us happy as well. That's just... pretty, pretty much how, as this podcast is run, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. yeah a dictatorship. <laughs> <laughs> From our bunker. <laughs> Yeah, so before anyone asks, I was I did actually mean to say Adolf instead of Adolf. So <laughs> um anyway, uh, that's it for the news. Um so coming up very, very shortly is our review of the Age of Steel. So for another week then, that was the news. Okay then everybody, it's time to return to our Series 2 retrospective and this time it's the turn for the Age of Steel. You will perish under maximum deletion. Delete, delete, delete. Awaken the army. This ends tonight. They will come to me. My new children. The immortal ones. I repeat, remove all earpods. This is the Age of Steel, and I am its creator. It's moving! Please enjoy your flight. It is. It is, yes. Um, I've got to be honest, I've, I've sort of kind of enjoyed this in a strange way. I didn't actually sort of dislike watching this whatsoever. I, I didn't have very fond memories of this one. I have to say, yes, I was, I, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, um, it's actually quite a good sort of action adventure story, really, isn't it? The bits that I didn't like from the first episode were gone. Yeah. I.e. You don't actually get a lot of John Lumick in this. No, you don't. You don't. He's he's part. He's very much diminished in this episode, isn't it? Yeah, and it, it is nearly all action. Yeah, which I really don't mind. Actually, it's actually more action packed than I remembered it. To be perfectly honest, and that's when Graham Harper does come into his own, isn't it? Exactly. So. Exactly. Um, I mean, there, there is some fantastic um, 
sort of direction choices from from in in this. There really is, um, and I think my my I was sort of skipping around a little bit here, but I think my favourite bit is when Ricky gets killed. Yeah, and it's when the Cybermen just stare at Mickey through the fence, and that is just so eerie because they don't do it. They just they just stock still, aren't they? They just don't move a, an inch. Yeah, just sort of you've got those expressionless face just staring at him. And it was just that some of the like the, the the lighting and the camera angles made it supremely creepy. I thought it, it was, and I forgot just how good that was. I remember it being one of my favourite bits out of the episode um, when, when I sort of first saw it back in the day. Uh, but I, I'd forgotten just how good it really was, really did. And I honestly thought, um, talking of uh, Mickey and, and Ricky and everything, I thought their grand or Ricky's grandmother was in this episode again, and she wasn't. No. I thought she appeared again for some reason. No, you just get that as an ex- uh, as a as a reason at the end, don't you? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Now, um, actually, sort of going back, sort of skipping back to the beginning, I should say, uh, the sort of the, the the way they get out of being surrounded by Cybermen was a little bit, you know, Deus Ex, ex Machina, really, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of that in this, which I'm beginning to wonder whether that was Tom McRae. Or that was more RTD because he did love a Deus Ex Machina solution to you know to all the the peril that the Doctor and Rose were, were you know were put in. It's like it's like again the thing with the mobile phones at the end. It's like taking the everyday and just whack it and it, and it blows everything up. And this he's got that little bit of the Tardis which he waits twenty four hours to to charge up, then takes it all the Cybermen that surround it, and then it then he says oh it'll charge up in four hours. Yeah, it was like that wasn't quite thought through that well that particular bit. Uh, it sort of backed wait, itself wait. into a corner at the end of, end of the first episode. I thought, okay, how am I what how am I going to resolve this cliffhanger? Yeah. So yeah, that's the that's the couple of bits I didn't really like. Cause I, I really don't like this thing of, um, and again, it's the thing with um, Mickey being like also the, the, he's, the he's only a real thing, expert the, hacker, isn't he? He can hack yeah. into anything. Um, yeah, it's just that. Again, RTD was guilty of that quite a bit, actually. Well, to, to a certain extent, that yeah, that was that's been signposted before, though, hadn't it? Oh, it has. But to to again to ridiculous extremes. Like, I mean, if you go back, I mean, like we're going back to series one, where he, and the Doctor uses um, Mickey to hack into units. Yeah. Website apparently, and apparently on this, but you have a, you have a you know a big button that says you know launch a big red button on the screen so i don't know if that's just a a nod to like you know um okay i don't really care if it was a big red button just the fact that he was doing it from his from his bedroom and, then, and again he was doing it on a system that he knows nothing about in an alternate universe that was the only yeah it's just it's just that it's that thing of oh you can do anything with a keyboard well you can't really i'm i'm afraid so um yeah it, it just it's just silly little things like that but i know it just sort of keeps the story moving doesn't it it does. I mean, it, that's it, the thing. It, but it's just not a lot of thought well, going actually, into it. But. To be honest, the the more thing on that, as as we are now at that point about talking about, well, if you if we're going to go back talking about the hacking and the phones and and yeah. what he's what he what he's trying to do mm. with that, that is actually also quite a a slightly disturbing thing for the doctor to do. We started off last week's talking about him not quite sure where he was, but to actually. Mm. Give everybody back their emotions at that stage and drive them all insane. Yes. Yeah. Not necessarily. It's a pretty. Most... It's a callous thing to do, really, isn't it? Yes. It's a win at all cost strategy, isn't it? 
That is. Um, she should, the Doctor shouldn't necessarily be. I mean, maybe that's this is what R- again what RTD was signposting for you know for later on, you know when you get to things like Waters of Mars, where the Doctor's screw his arrogance just you know screws everything up. I, I, I begin to wonder whether you know this is sort of leading. It was sort of sowing the seeds for that, but you know even yeah. back as as far as series two. But if if we go back to to the opening of the two parter of this, yeah, and you get the president. Basically, his first words to the Simon is, I'm sorry that this has happened to you. Yeah. And you think he shows them a hell of a lot more compassion than the, the doctor. doctor. Well, I know that you get that scene um, where Mrs. Moore takes out a Simon with a with a, yeah. with a sticky bomb thing. Um, and it's still conscious. And basically, they burnt out the emotion chip. Yeah. And you go, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. And then, and then basically puts it out of its misery. Yeah. Uh, and, then, Which, and, and and then when obviously when you say when he, he launched that code and it, it disables all the emotion emotional inhibitors what we want to call it emotion chip that's from data in, in Star Trek uh, emotional inhibitors and and that he's got that one looking in the mirror sort yeah. of crying and again he goes oh, I'm sorry I'm so sorry but then but it does nothing to help does nothing to help no absolutely nothing no and now we just said we both enjoyed this it was a good action win ever since then we've done nothing but slag this off. <laughs> I know, I know. But they're just a couple of... They're just a sort of... It's, it's, it's just in in these two parters, the Doctor is probably not quite the necessarily the good guy in this, I don't think. No. No, he's not really. Some of his uh, choices are not necessarily what you'd expect. No, definitely not. Definitely not. But, I mean, I, mean, I suppose really this second half is really more about Mickey than anybody else, isn't it? Yes. This is really I mean, sort of Mickey's story, and, and, and whether that is basically to to make yeah. sure that Mickey is the hero rather than the Doctor in this. Mm. The Doctor's given a less than glowing storyline. Yeah, he doesn't sort of doesn't come. It's covered in glory, really, does he? No, no. Um, and again, it's that whole thing about you know Mickey being the, the you know the gooseberry on the TARDIS, yeah. really, isn't it? Um, it's like that bit where he goes off with Jake to disable yeah. the or whatever the hell I call it. They were trying to disable now, um, and the, the transmitter. Transmitter, what it is, yeah. yeah. And and then the Doctor says, "Oh, you know, good. I'll see you back at the TARDIS." Yeah. When it's finished, and then then you sort of like straight away, it was the big hug between the Doctor and Rose, and you see the look on yeah. Mickey's face saying, "This is never. I'm yeah. never going to be part of this." No. You know, so. Um, I mean, whether that's necessarily aimed at the doctor or whether, it, to a certain extent, that's the fact that Rose made no attempt to hug him. No, I think, really. yeah. yeah. And I, that was just the fact that they, at that point he realised completely that. Well, it's that, it's that thing of. Where, um, where her heart had gone. Yeah, well, it's, that, it's back to that thing of Rose wanting to have a, you know, have a cake and eat it, isn't it? Yeah. Because it's at the end, she's, you know, when Mickey says, well, you know. My grand needs me, you know, and then she said, "What? Well, what about me? What if I need you?" And he basically said, "Well, you know, you you don't, you haven't for a long time. You, you might have done once, yeah. but not now." Yeah. Um, and and it does sharp Rose to be an extremely selfish character. Yeah. Only have to, you have to go back to um, the way she behaved towards Sarah Jane initially, very jealous and catty and. And everything, and then, but it's like Rose wants it all. Really, this is why I never really clicked with Rose. I never understood why people really 
really sort of connected with her. Yeah, she was an incredibly selfish character. I've always, I've always found that. Always, you know, always have done. Um, and that that you know that just that one sentence in 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 this at the end just sort of you know rams that home for me. You know, just it just seems to confirm what I've always thought. Yeah. No. Yeah. Couldn't agree more with you. But um, yeah, but I mean, I mean, the whole story itself. I think there were some really good bits. In it. I like the you know when Mrs. Moore turned up in her van. Um, at the beginning of the episode, and she said, "This has got to be the slowest escape in history." I like, I re- I, that made me chuckle that bit. But well, I, it did because you did go through the the bits of the oh no, we've got to go, and each one sort of had an individual wanting to stay and had to be dragged away. So. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and you suspect that Russell T Davies having right. Oh, no, sorry, not Russell. Tom McCray having written it. it was just a bit, you know, sort of. Think, actually, I've got too many people saying goodbye now. This is going to take ages, and then thought, oh, actually, I must make a joke of it. Yeah, yeah, because I, I did like. I also liked um, that sort of like you know, Ricky wasn't London's most wanted for what they even thought he was most wanted for. He's just got the most parking tickets. Um, and I like the doctor's reaction to it. I, I, I don't I didn't mind I, I thought that was sort of almost over egging it I, th- I thought they'd laid the the basis of how inept really these people were yeah. in the first episode yeah and I don't necessarily think he actually needed to point that out <laughs> <laughs> I, I think they've done a good they've done a good enough job without actually pointing out that no we are actually well that's that's we, that's I mean I mean I know this was <laughs> I did, I yeah, did I like <laughs> Pete's reaction to the fact that when he found out he'd been feeding them information, thinking it was going to be, it was going the to security some top level security yeah. people. Yeah, and he said he got he got the uh, Scooby Doo and his gang. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, you've even got the mystery machine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There, there was there was some like good little bits, but it makes you wonder how much this was actually Tom McRae and how much was RTD. Because I mean, if you think to, I mean, one of my favourite ever episodes of Doctor Who since it came back has been The Girl Who Waited, which was written by Tom McRae. Yeah. Uh, and it couldn't be any more different to this. And it's just sort of like the the way that certain things resolve very, very easily and completely out of nowhere is that that's very, very RTD. Yeah. Um, like I say, you know, with the bit with the, the bit of the TARDIS and the mobile phone and et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, so it, make, it does make me wonder how much this was Tom McRae, actually. Because the the two scripts couldn't be uh, they're miles apart in quality, I think. Even though I still enjoyed yeah. this, I think you know, obviously, the girl away is a far superior story in my in my view. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. No, yeah, it's not, it's not yeah. any comparison. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I mean, it looked it looked good. I think actually, um, I think as we already talked about uh, Graham Harper's uh, direction. Um, yeah, I, I I do get the feeling this has a lot more to do with. The enjoyableness of this does have a lot more to do with Graham Harper than it does to do with the storyline. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think everyone gives a good performance as well. I think he does get a good performance out of everybody. Um, I mean, it's that the whole. I mean, the whole thing like Jake, Jake's reaction to Ricky being killed. Um, I think it. I do you know. I think it was a mistake to re, to remove um, the the bit where it was um, intended that Ricky and Jake were lovers. Yeah, because that would have, I think, it, it, if they'd have kept that in, it would have made more sense as to to Jake's reaction to Mickey. Yeah, having, having known having known about that now, watching it now, yeah, it becomes yeah very obvious, doesn't yeah. it? Oh, I mean, yeah, it does. Yeah, I mean the fact that when 
Mickey comes back and they're, st- they're trying to work out, is it Mickey or Ricky? Mm. And it's almost as if Mickey doesn't want to tell. He's almost thinking, shall I pretend to be... Shall I pretend to be Ricky? Yeah. yeah. So not to... So that Jake isn't upset. Well, you know and what? Then, that... and, then, and then it's only when Rose asks as well that he suddenly realises actually there's two people, there's going to be someone upset either way. Hmm. Well, I, I, do you know what? I think it's, it's, um, it would have made sense if he, if he had pretended to have been Ricky because he, inte- he always sort of intended to stay, didn't he? Um, but obviously then it wouldn't have made, okay, if he had adopted that, then, um, I think Jake probably, pl- if they kept the the whole sub, 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 to be sub, honest, sub, 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 well, that's going to say, that's the thing, because it, if Jake did plant the Sooner or later, that would that would have, that would have, yeah, because if, if that moment Jake plants the great big sloppy kiss on him, I think that would have given the game away somewhat. But, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah if they'd have... And, and the fact you know, that if, if Jake and Ricky had been lovers, the fact that it would be, so it wouldn't have taken him that long to realise. No, but if, if that, if that hadn't have been there, and yeah. Ricky and Mickey had pretended to be Ricky, it would have carried on with the whole thing. He was, he'd intended to stay behind to look after his gran, who, yeah. who also thinks he's Ricky. Yeah, you know, so it, it it kind of would have made sense if he had have if he had have pretended to have been that that person. But you know, if you as you, if you said if you, if you put the whole thing that Ricky and Jake were were gay, then then it wouldn't have worked at all, would it? No. <laughs> oh dear. But um, what about sort of like when the, you know when eventually when the Simon do sort of um, take over um, and again it just sort of reminded me of oh, Stolen Earth when the Daleks are rounding up everybody it just seemed to be sort of like you know it's out on the it's almost sort of like that whole oh, I don't know how I could put it really it's sort of like that whole thing of sort of like you know during the war and sort of like you know people being taken out of their homes and rounded up and put on yeah. a truck somewhere and you know it, it was very very much like that again wasn't it well obviously I suppose As this was point, first before you know before yeah. Solar Earth obviously but. and obviously this is they're almost they're almost just being herded rather than being rounded up because they're going anyway yeah, they've they've got no. Well, again, they're being guided as as much as much as. Well, again, I, I don't know really if you say herded or, or guided because again they've got no choice. No, have they? It was, I mean, you know, in Stolen Earth with the Daleks, though it was, it was go or be exterminated. Yeah, but um, and in this they've got no choice. Yeah, they've been totally taken. No, they've, they've been yeah, totally, totally taken, taken, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I just, I just like it. But it's the whole thing. I think the. The whole thing of, of Mr Mr Crane when he sort of destroys Lumix's chair and everything. That that's the only other bit that didn't make sense because as soon as everybody else got the signal, they just stopped what they were doing and just started walking towards Battersea. Yeah. But Mr. Crane, he gets all a headache and buzzing and he pulls the thing he managed to pull them all out of his ears. So that didn't quite why his ear pods were different to everyone else's, I don't know. Considering it was all part of um Lumix's plan. The only the only thing you can say on that is you're not quite sure as to what he is in terms of the creation of stuff. And if he may well have at an earlier stage decided that to disable parts of the ear pods that he wore because he didn't want because he realised where it was going. Well, I, I don't know. He didn't really make that clear, did it? Because he just sort of like he gets a bit of a headache and he pulls it. Oh no, you don't. And yeah, you know. and then but, but even when. Um, he goes and confronts Lumic. He's sort of like, "I thought you were one of the faithful." 
which makes you think, you know, I, I don't know whether it was just sort of, again, it was just a, a reason to get Lumix chair destroyed. And that was the only way you could figure out how to do it, was having Mr. Crane destroy it. I, I don't know. Yeah. It just didn't I mean, seem to point... fit what, with everything else that, is, that was going on at the time, you know. No, I mean, I, I, I suppose if Crane knew, Crane knew what Lumix was, was going to do... Mm. Um, at that stage, he may also have known about the plans to the earpods and and actually had fixed his to to not be, but then thought actually that Lumic wouldn't actually try and convert him, and yeah. when his earpod did malfunction due to where where how he'd stopped it from working properly, he realised that Lumic was going to actually try and convert him as well. Yeah, but it's but now and it's got... when he turns up at Lumic's place and he hasn't got the. And Lumic obviously yeah. realises that it hasn't worked because yeah. he's he's there rather than going down to be converted. It's just the but fact that but, you, but you've you've people. what you've just done you've just filled in the blanks you've you've yeah you've you've explained it to yourself haven't you sort of like this is how you sort of rationalise and that's I mean that's the thing you haven't actually seen him tamper with the, the earpieces at any point. No, we're, we're, just, we're just assuming that's what he's done because. He hasn't reacted the same as everybody else has done. They just marched off, you know. So I don't mind. It's not to be false for the story. <laughs> I fill in the gaps myself. <laughs> I know it's sort of like I think it was something I said last week. You know, we, you know, um, oh, what was it? If I just wanted to be false for yeah. something, I'd watch the X Factor. <laughs> <laughs> no, something I said last week. Um, oh, what was it about? Oh, the explanation about why um, Capaldi, you know, is going to be an explanation as to. Why the twelfth Doctor has got this face? And I said last yeah. week, does, does you know? Does it have to be spelt out for everybody? Um, well, no, it doesn't. But I think something like this—that's just a little something, just to explain why he hasn't been affected the same as everybody else. Yeah. You know, that was the that, that I think that's what I was trying to trying to, to sort of get at there, sort of. Um, but as everyone knows, I'm just a big ball of contradictions anyway. So there you are. Um, but yeah, I think when a sort of like um, Lumic gets sort of taken over, and you get the <laughs> It's almost like the X Factor you just mentioned it actually when he comes out in that great big chair. Actually, no, it's actually got stars in their eyes. <laughs> it's just, it's just actually that his whole plan has been that his body's failing. He's in a chair. Yeah. So he he sets about creating something that's gonna free him from this, from mm. this 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 dying body. So so he creates the Cybermen and he tests it on different people and whatever. Yeah. And when he's finally converted, what is he? He's trapped in a chair. At <laughs> <laughs> what, what point was this? Was this actually working out for him any better? Well, it wasn't really, was it? It really wasn't. <laughs> it was just, you know, it, it's you'd, you'd avoid just giving himself, you know, the best body he could, a metallic body he could, could do everything. Why would you then want to? St- having been years and years, presume years, immobile. Yeah. Uh, and having to to be in a wheelchair, you think the first thing you do when you had a new body would be you'd want to be walking and running around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not being wheeled out again. Well, that, that was the other the thing as well because now he's he's in this um, sort of perfect, you know, machine body now, isn't he? Yeah. Um, I just wanted to know why he was grunting when he was, when he was trying to climb up the rope ladder at the end. Because every step and every it was like oh like oh as he as he was going up, 
I thought he should be whizzing up that bloody thing, shouldn't they? Like all the other side when they were chasing after the the doctor and Mrs. Moore, they were climb one and started to climb up the step up the step ladder, didn't they? Yeah. Um, with with no wheezing or anything like that. There's obviously a WD forty shortage. Isn't obviously, there? obviously deficiency. Maybe, maybe, it's a, deficiency. maybe he was a bit stiff after getting out of that chair. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. I mean, you know, you know how it is when you've been sitting down too long. Well. <laughs> Got a bit of cramp. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> Cyber cramp. Pins and needles, perhaps. Yeah, that's that. what it was. <laughs> Just getting the circulation going. going. Yeah, they sort of cut the bits. He kept whacking his. He kept tapping <laughs> his legs to get the circulation. <laughs> get the blood flowing again. Yeah, it was. Um, but I know we sort of like sort of picked a lot of holes in it, but it was still enjoyable though. That was the thing. I enjoyed it a lot more than I I sort of had done previously. Um. I like the little scenes between the Doctor and Mrs. Moore as they're walking through, you know, the underground um, sort of the corridors and everything. Yeah, I mean, that, 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 that was, that was good. really atmospheric, wasn't it? It was. Low ceiling and really feel the closeness and yeah of that. Yeah, that was good. Um, but again, it also it was the I suppose you could say was the the first appearance of the um, the sort of like the, the silent Cyberman because one appeared out of nowhere behind Mrs. Moore. And that's that's appeared quite a few times since, hasn't it? Yeah. And just they sort of like just to just to move the story along. There's one side man that doesn't make any noise whatsoever when it moves. One upon a steady feet to vibrate only, hasn't it? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, again, it's it's things like that. It just sort of like just um, it's that thing. Oh, how can we? Oh, oh, we just have a siren appear behind her. Yeah. And then you've made these clomping, stomping. Cybermen, yeah. Cybermen, and then you've got this one that just sort of tiptoe up behind somebody, <laughs> peekaboo, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is, that, is, that is always where it fails. This is why I, I don't like the, the clomping Cybermen, because obviously t- to then have one creep up on someone is just like so uh, out of the blue and so out of character to the rest of them. Yeah, exactly. That's make you think, well, hang on a minute, how did he get there? How did he get there? I know it doesn't make any sense whatsoever, but but one thing I, I did like um, in this was that they were re- the doctor did reference you know Mondas because Rose mentioned about seeing the the Cyberman head in Van St- uh, Staten's museum. Yeah. Um, but what I, what I sort of did like later on in that when he sort of he gets a close up look at the Cyberman, he says, "Oh, you know, he's he's branded them because he's got the yeah. Cybus logo on there, so he's you know he's he's seen it before, but this time it's been branded." Um, I thought, yeah, okay, the, at least, at least it, I've forgotten that they, that bit was addressed, actually. Yeah, they, did, they didn't try to wipe the Cyberman backstory by starting them again like this. No. This, this was to complement rather than replace. It, exactly, yeah. I mean, I must admit, even by mentioning the Mondas Cybermen, it yeah. kind of makes these ones redundant in a funny way. I mean, it's done now, you know, but there was nothing wrong with bringing back the original Cybermen, which you've done with the Daleks. Yeah. Well, kind of. Daleks are still Daleks. No, you sort of like initially in series one, they were um, made out of the remnants of humanity, weren't they? Mm. Uh, but um, yeah, but there was, there was nothing wrong to have brought back the original Cybermen. Nothing at all. You know, it just, right. you know, I, I, I don't, can't, can't quite see why you had to go down the whole, you know, the whole Cybus route. But. Oh, it's done now, isn't it? You know, it's not. Uh... Oh, I mean, I, I've, I've actually got no problem once you once you get past the fact of the alternate universe and things can be happening differently there. Then, 
Well, I mean, that's that, that, that's fine. I've got, I've got, like, yeah, I've got absolutely no problem with that. It's just the fact. What was it, I'm sort of what I'm questioning now is, was it really necessary? Well, I suppose it, in in a sense that you can give them a, a you can go to you can do a um, genesis of the Cybermen story if you like, mm. without it having to correspond into and fit in with the previous stories. Yeah, I mean, this, you're right. This is Genesis of the Cybermen, isn't it? In in yeah. well, in in this particular yeah. incarnation, yeah, it is. Yeah, but but it gives you a clean sheet from which to do that. Yeah, without having to, as I say, you haven't got it. Otherwise, you are basically trying to rewrite spare parts, as we said last time. Yes, and you're not probably going to top that. So no, I mean, Mark Platt. I mean, he gets a mention in the credits, doesn't he? So it's yeah. obviously quite obvious how much they're indebted to that story. It really is. But yeah, I, mean, I don't know. It's, um, as I say, it's enjoyable. Um, direction's really good. I think the performances are really good. It's just let down by a few RTDisms, I think is probably the best way to, yeah. to put it. You know, but, uh, but as you say, as we said all along, as an action adventure story, it's perfectly serviceable, really. And I have to say, one of my favourite moments now in this when I watch it, yeah, is after the the emotion chip inhibitor thing is yeah. deactivated. Yeah, the bit where the Doctor, Rose, and Pete are trying to get away, and they open that door, and there's those Cybermen in there in the red light. Yeah, and now I can't get the, the image out of my head. <laughs> that is the Cyberman disco. <laughs> there's a Cyberman nightclub. They've still nearly stumbled into. <laughs> Well, we would have because well, they're all in there waving their arms about. <laughs> well, we did have this, that um, Cybermen on the decks in Attack of the Cybermen, didn't we? Yeah, but you remember, you remember on the commentary we did years ago. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it did not. Even... That's what it is. That's, that's, that's where, where we went to. <laughs> oh dear. Well, I, I, I you know, it, it's it's not a bad story. This one, it's it's quite enjoyable, um, and I, I think I'm sort of. I, I don't think there's much more to say about it now, really, no, to be honest. I, I, think, I think that's, that's yeah, it's um, I, I must have, I was a little bit worried because it's it's a good story, but it's there's not a lot really to discuss, is there? No, I mean, like I said, really. I, think it, I think it is all the action that makes it. Yeah, there's no big than... reveals of character or anything like that, is there? Apart, no. but apart what we said about Mickey, this is really yeah. his story, and it's him, yeah, sort of standing up for himself, really, isn't it? Yeah, you know, not not being, you know. Not being Mickey the idiot. Ah, oh, well, there we go. So, but unfortunately, the next time we we come back to series two, it's going to be the Idiot's Lantern. Yes. Yeah. That's not till next month though, uh, because when we're back next week, uh, we're back to big finish again, aren't we? We are. Yes, and it's the third in the uh, 40th anniversary trilogy that Big Finish put out uh, back in 2003, um, and it is this one is Master, which is a Seventh yes. Doctor story. Yes, so looking forward to that one. If it's anything like Davros, it, uh, I'll be I'll be happy. Yes. Yeah. So we'll see. We we shall see. Tune in to find out. Tune in, indeed. Tune in to find out. So there we are. Okay then. Is that it then? Yes. Now we've done the next time trailer. I think. So. <laughs> I go. think so. I think so. <laughs> okay, everybody. So until next week, then it is goodbye from me, Phil, and goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye.
listening to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. And please also join the Who's He podcast Facebook group. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who podcast alliance. Thank you.